0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today, well, it's the middle of December and I'm covering the New York Yankees. I'm actually covering them the day after Carlos Rodon. Uh, signed with the Yankees. Very fun day for Yankee fans, and uh, I, I changed the order a little bit. You won't hear this when these come out in uh, in January, so who cares? I'm not going to mention it anymore. If you don't know what I'm doing, I'm going over every single starting pitching rotation, all 30 teams across the month of January, and I'm going to be adding in the free agents that sign to those teams uh, to the other podcast, so if it's been a little awkward, that is why I recorded before they signed with it. Also, there'll be another podcast at the end that will go over all the extra pitchers that have not signed with teams. Um, If you want to support what we do, though, make sure you subscribe to this. This is going to be a now public podcast for everybody in 2023, the Plus Pitch Podcast. I do it every single morning through the season, uh, talking about pitchers, different approach, essentially, so that essentially I can do the first pitch podcast without having to talk about hitters or closers at all. It's wonderful. So let's talk about these Yankees starters. Uh, Garrett Cole is still, of course, SP number one in New York. He's SP number two, I believe, in my early rankings. I might slightly change, but I... I'm pretty sure it will be that case. Uh, 200 innings last year, 3.5 ERA, 102 whip, 32% K rate, 6% walk rate. And of course, everyone knows home runs are the problem. He essentially allowed a home run per start in 2022. The question is, is that going to stick around? Is he going to propel that 3.5 ERA? Cause keep in mind, even with that 3.5 ERA, which is not bad. 32% K-rage, essentially hints at 350 strikeouts. Sorry, 250 strikeouts, I should say. A 102 whip, which is stellar. And 13 wins last year? Yeah, that should be closer to 15 for Garrett Cole. So that's already really good. And then the home run has to come down, right? So how is that going to happen? Well, as a 1.5 home run per nine. That should just innately be better. If you want to say, no, the fastball was worse. Well, it was actually interesting. He combated the home run problem by throwing more low fastballs than ever before. Uh, High lock on four seamers used to be around 55% plus, brought it down to about 35% as he threw a lot more low pitches. And guess what? None of those low pitches allowed a home run. He still allowed the long ball. And I think actually watching Cole, I really understood that he struggles against lefties. About half of his home runs against lefties, despite not half of his opponents being lefties. And it's because he doesn't trust the slider enough against it. Sub 10% swing strike rate on Garrett Cole's sliders. Uh, sorry, a usage, usage against lefties, despite it having a 26% swing strike rate. It's an excellent pitch against lefties, and he doesn't even throw it 10% of the time. It's kind of like Corbin Burns with his slider back in the day. And but it's alright, his cutter was still dominant against him. Well, he's struggling against the lefties. Use this. It will be a great weapon against him. He's using these curveballs and changeups. They don't get strikes enough. He gets more strikes on these sliders. I think this is something you should be expecting from Cole to negate lefties. And I saw multiple situations where he would throw a fastball's first pitch, changeup or a curveball and then miss in the second one, go back to the fastball and then get burned on that fastball because batters would expect after a missed secondary pitch that he would go to a fastball and be cheating on it as a lefty. I think this is an issue for uh, for Cole. You're going to see adjustments to to nullify batters selling out for the heater. The heater itself still misses a ton of bats. It's still an exceptional pitch. Don't say that Cole's fastball is bad. It is not. Does it have a little bit less movement than before because it's not sticky stuff? Yes, but that was just like the most absurd pitch ever before. It doesn't need to be that. It's still a top 10 fastball in the majors. So... Garrett Cole is still a very excellent pitch. The floor is super high. I think that 3-5 E-Ray is the worst we'll see, and it's going to be much better in 2023 for Garrett Cole. Now, of course, Carlos Rodon, and I got to say, this entire pitching staff, the one through five, I want essentially all of them on my fantasy squads, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more um, a little bit later, but Carlos Rodon... He's coming to the Yankees after pitching 178 innings. The most he's pitched in, I think, ever. 288 ERA, 103 whip, 33% K rate, 7% walk rate. 14 wins for the Giants this past year. I think that number is going to go up for the Yankees. If you don't know, Rodon increases fastball velocity to 95.5 in 2021, but then ended the season with shoulder questions. He had some shoulder issues in the past. We thought maybe this is kind of destiny for Rodon not to throw more than 130, 140 innings in a season. He bet on himself in 2022. And what did Rodon do? 178 innings only got stopped because of a cracked nail at the end of the season His fastball velocity 90.5 would have been a higher league average or sorry season average if it weren't for those final starts with that crack nail as he was closer to 94 he scales up in the start too he'll begin around 93 94 and then throw 96 97 98 sometimes even 99 by the end of the game he's excellent four seamers are up sliders are down it is the blakesnell blueprint he sometimes has this curveball that shows up it's just kind of a mix-up pitch at 81 or so, but he throws this like 87, 88 mile per hour slider. It's incredible. He doesn't allow many home runs, only 13 total last year. Does not have Cole's problem. Some are worrying that he's going to allow more home runs, unless the ERA is going to go up or so. I think Rodon is incredible. Should be drafted everywhere. You're going to see over 200 strikeouts from Carlos Rodan. You're going to see an incredible whip. You're going to see a low ERA. You're going to see lots of wins. The question of really is injury. Uh, are you going to depend on another 180-inning season from Rodan? I honestly think yes. He showcased five innings of health the previous year, had the fatigue, then had the health in 2022, and did not have the fatigue. It was a cracked nail. I think he's showcasing, I'm healthy, shoulders take time to recover. It has recovered. He is as good as ever at this moment. Talk about the six-year contract, how much you want, but right now, Carlos Rodon is a stud to me. I think he's going to be inside of my top 10. I'm in. 33% K rate, y'all. Like, you're going to be taking maybe Shane Bieber at a 24% K rate last year? I would rather go with the 33%. Oh, yeah, Dylan Cease with a 110 to 115 whip. 103 from Rodon. I'm in. I want to talk about the other Yankee starters, too, because the Yankees 3, 4, and 5 are have so much potential to them. And I might be going after them, seeking my value in drafts through these pitchers. And I want to talk about all of those after this break. So Nessar Cortez, I believe, is the SP3 right now. 158 innings pitched last year, 12 wins, 244 ERA, 0. 0.92 whip. How did Cortez do this? Something it's a product of luck that it's not sustainable. He has too low of a velocity in his fastball. It's a little bit of everything. Yes, he did get a little bit lucky. I don't expect a 26 plus percent carry. I think something closer to 23, 24 percent. He had a really high 19% swing strike rate against lefties with his four-seamer last year. I know that's a lot of variables, but that's really high for a four-seamer. They threw about 50% of the time against left-handers. That's actually really exceptional. Small sample size on that. I think that goes down. I think the overall swing strike rate, about 13-plus percent on his four-seamer, goes down to like 12%. He gets really good command jamming right-handers with cutters and staying away with that same pitch um, against lefties. And then the slider is a show-me. Backdoor called strike pitch. Actually, like a 30% called strike pick, pitch overall. While he does use it more as a weapon against lefties. Lefties are really, really bad against Cortez. A little bit more of a struggle against, uh, right handers. The four seamer is effectively elevated at times. Um, but I think there are days when he just doesn't get enough out of everything. And that creates those four inning starts where he walks a little bit too many nibbles a little too much and all of that. I'm a little worried. I think the 244 ERA and .92 whip people do not believe in. But do I think that Cortez is going to be someone that you draft and you do not drop through the year? Absolutely. But don't expect a ceiling of this. This is too good. He's not an ace is going to ace. Unfortunately, Nestor Cortez. And I actually think the Yankees are going to see him more as SP4, actually it could be the SP5 by this season's end. Is he good enough for fantasy teams? Yes. Is he a top 25 guy? Probably not. Luis Severino is a little bit different. I think the ability is way better with Luis Severino than with Nestor Cortez. The only question is how much you're going to see of him. 102 innings last year from Severino after coming back from Tommy John. We didn't expect more than 150, but he missed significant time with a lat injury. This could be a blessing in disguise as it did ease him into the season from Tommy John. And it could mean that he's unleashed properly for 2023. And there isn't really worry about degradation as much. I don't really think that's a very valid argument. The moral of the argument is, yeah, he gets injured a lot. He was injured for a year with his shoulder before Tommy John. Now it's his lat. Like, he seems like a guy destined to not go 180, 200 innings. That said, he is so good. 3-18 ERA, 1 whip, 28% strike rate, 7% walk rate. He was throwing 97 miles per hour uh, on his fastball. He was throwing cutters. He was throwing sliders. He was throwing changeups. Like, it's all there. It's just about how much you're gonna get. I'd love taking Luis Severino as my SP four or five. As just look, if he's healthy, fantastic, everything is wonderful. I'm not dropping him. And I'm just getting essentially SP two production. When he does pitch in arguably one point five. And when he's not, then I get to fill in with something else on my IL spot. Um it, it it's a more it's a riskier pick that I don't really want to rely on him as it has and an SP2, an SP3. I did my mock draft, I didn't feel good about it. Maybe really want to readjust how I attacked starting pitchers um, for 12 teamers. Maybe not waiting until I have to take Severino. I uh, make sure I get Christian Hobby in the seventh round, is essentially what I'm saying. Uh, but Severino as my SP4, I really want to do that. I, I truly believe as uh, Severino on the mound is excellent for starting pitchers. Frankie Montes is also very interesting. 144 innings last year, four or five ERA, 125 whip and a 23% K rate. But when he was a Yankee, it was a 501 ERA and 148 whip. I mean, really, that's from June 11th when he had the injury problem through the end of the year. Only about 19 to 20% strikeout rate. It was very bad. And that's really what you think of when you think of Frankie Montes. However, it is a shoulder injury and he could recover from that. And even in that second half with the Yankees, I watched some of this. Sure, the velocity was down a little bit. If that velocity is back, which I would imagine it would be, give him a full healthy offseason, shoulder being fine. Yeah, Frankie Montes is really good. He's essentially a better version of Marcus Stroman. Stroman always hovered with like the 20-21% strikeout rate. Think of that as 25% on a winning ball club. And you're going to get like a 3-5 ERA with a one-fifteen or so whip. Uh, yeah, that's really good. I just checked before this NFBC ADP for Frankie Montes was two ten. And that's where like draft champions and, uh, and Gladiator leagues essentially saying that if you have Frankie Montes, you're starting him and you need reliability. And so 144 innings with the injury of the shoulder, maybe that's depressing his value. But in 12-teamers, that's around 17th or 18th round. And boy, I would love Frankie Montes in 12-teamers in the 17th, 18th round. My gosh, I think it could be a scenario where you have the first start of Montes and you're like, yeah, he went six innings, two runs, six Ks, and he's a better Toby. Um, that's awesome. That is a rock for your team that you're not dropping through the year and you're not feeling terrible about it. Sure, there will be some bad starts. I mean, with everybody, to be a three ERA, you know, it generally means you have a game of a two ERA and one of a four ERA, you know, or a four and a two. And it's like, all right, that's just going to happen. But Frankie Montes is very much worth your time in 12 teamers. Now, I don't want to rely on him to make it work because there could still be some problems with the shoulder um, that does influence him. Maybe the Yankee town is bad for him. Uh, but if he has the velocity up to 96 consistently on his sinker and his four seamer again, I, I very much believe this will work out for Frankie Montes. There's also Clark Schmidt and Domingo Herman to talk about, really more so Domingo Herman. 72 innings, 3.61 e 116 whip, and about a 20% K-Rate. For Domingo Herman, I don't want to draft him out of the gate. He's clearly not in the rotation, no reason to stash him. There will be a time that Frankie Montas is starting again. I bet it'll be the long relief and the Yankees will need a starter. You'll be ramped into it for about two, three months or something like that. At some point, someone's going to get hurt and it's going to be annoying. I don't think that Herman uh, is too exceptional. Should he be picked up at the time? Probably. He's got a good enough curveball that it will make it worthwhile for 12-teamers, but it will be shaky. You know There'll be starts that he walks too many guys or he allows too many hits because the fastball got clobbered 40% hard contact plus last year. Oof. Oh, boy. Change can, can be really good. If he has his changeup working, the curveball will be working. It's about the changeup. If that's good enough, then things will be fine. Um For Clark Schmidt, there's some things to like about him. I think the Yankees are very much like he's a backup backup option for their depth that they need. Uh, But maybe you see things from David Garcia or Luis Heal. I don't know. No, we see old Tommy John. It's so probably not there. Uh, but yeah, Clark Schmidt, I wouldn't feel so good in 12-teamers leaning on it. Uh, good breaking ball, leans on the sinker, and it does have good moments and everything. But there really isn't so much that I think, oh, I need to circle him for when he does arrive and get his chances. He probably will get some this year. But really, it's about those first five, and those are the... Whew, uh, I, I love them all. I think... Honestly, if your one through five is the Yankee rotation, you should be happy with that in twelve teamers. <laughs> you should be really, really happy with that. Uh, it's not gonna happen. You shouldn't spend you shouldn't go after Cole and Rodon both, because I really think that the value is there for hitters early on and then drops off when there's still so much value to be had at starting pitcher in like the rounds five through ten. That's just me. So since I recorded this one, Uh, Some things have changed with the Yankees, and I know I didn't mention Clark Schmidt. I'm going to talk about him now, Uh, as Frankie Montes is expected to miss a month of the season with shoulder inflammation. It's bad news. Everything I said about Frankie Montes, forget it. Just like that infomercial where you got to forget everything you know about mattresses. Forget everything you know about Frankie Montes. Why? Because I was assuming that he would have the offseason to properly heal here and pick up where he left off in the first half well, it's still bothering him. And honestly, if it's still bothering him, it's probably going to be bothering him for a long time, even when he does come back from the IL. So Frankie Montes is off my draft list for the most part. I'm okay having him in the 20th, 21st round, something like that as an IL stash. But I really do want to make sure that you have the discipline that in April, when you have multiple players for that IL spot, that you're not wasting a roster spot. I don't think it's a scenario where if you have... Frankie Montes, then let's say it gets activated May 15th, that you're going to want to be starting Frankie Montes right out of the gate. And those two months are the most important times for roster spots. So that means that you're missing out on some major play like the Spencer Striders and the Christian Javiers from last year, the Tyler Andersons and so on and so forth. Kyle Wright, you're holding on to Frankie Montes, which just isn't enough considering the, the massive risk of that shoulder injury still affecting him even when he's back from the IL. And what I liked was that, oh, hey, he's healthy in spring training, then great. Then I I expect more of that first half self. I think we can kind of push that aside a bit right now for Frankie Montes. So that means Domingo Herman and Clark Schmidt are going to be fighting for this spot for the Yankees. Maybe they go and get Waka. It's not out of the question, too. Uh, But as of right now, I'm recording this the night before it comes out. So this is January 19th. I purposely waited because maybe they're going to sign somebody else. They haven't yet. So, Domingo Herman or Clark Schmidt? I think the Yankees are going to go with uh, with Domingo Herman. What is so important here is that the Yankees, they're the fifth start of the season, would be the Phillies. The Phillies are an elite offense. just had a Trey Turner, y'all. Do not do that. I would not be drafting Herman simply because... I don't want to be stashing him through this. But Nick, maybe they go into four-man rotation. Well, that means he gets skipped anyway. So you're waiting 10 days since opening day for the first start for Domingo, Herman or Clark Schmidt. So just because of that in a 12-teamer, I'm not touching either one. 15-teamers, best ball leagues, that's a different story. But I just want to remind everybody right now, I'm not drafting Domingo, Herman or Clark Schmidt in a 12-teamer because I'm not going to be starting them for at least 10 days, and they are not so good that I need to stash them, but what is their quality like? Well, Domingo Herman has a very good, very good curveball and a changeup that is pretty effective. He can throw strikes with it. The four-seamer does get clobbered a bit too often, and I think his strikeout rate should go above twenty percent. Herman's fine. He's honestly someone that we'd like to stream if I can. He should be on a winning ball club, and I is allowed to go six innings with a with decent regularity. They're certainly going to be stretching him out for this opportunity. But yeah, it's not the most favorable situation that I would be going after Hamon. I mean, he's fine. He really he really is just fine. The curveball is uh, is that good. Change of kind of is there sometimes. I mean, I'm just repeating myself at this point. But in Best Ball League, it's actually pretty sneaky. I don't think he's going to be like a 5 year guy for the full year. And I also think that when Montes does come back, A, we don't know when that is going to be. B, is someone else going to be injured too? Very often with the case... When you see someone enter the rotation in the beginning, things change all the time. Rarely is it just a five-man rotation through the year. So don't just think of, oh, Domingo Herman for a month and then he goes away. No, I think you'll see whoever gets this rotation spot will be over 100 innings pretty comfortably, I think, this season. Um, then you have Clark Schmidt, who was mostly a reliever last year. 56 innings, 312 ERA, 120, 120 wit 120 my lord. K rate, 10% walk rate. So he throws these sinkers and four-seamers, a little bit more sinkers than four-seamers. Favors a sinker against righties, and then the four-seamers against lefties. Neither of them are good. I think his command of the four-seamers is way too, okay, it's in the middle of the plate, or it's way out of it, while the sinker doesn't get far enough inside to right-handers. So those aren't good. The slider and curveball are both good, though. The slider's really excellent against right-handers, 40% CSW, while the curve is a 30% against lefties. He... Doesn't do it exclusively separate, but for the most part, yeah. 51% usage, by the way. Sliders to right-handers, which is amazing. And you'll love to see that considering it's just such a good pitch. That's so good. But overall, though, he throws too many fastballs because they're just not that good. And I want to see more 67%, two-thirds sliders or curves, honestly. Please stop throwing that changeup completely to left-handers. Just stop doing that. But I think there is something here where you can do the Cleveland Guardians method. and he has... You know, 35% fastballs. That would be a lot better moving forward. It's possible the Yankees turned him into that. I mean, the Yankees are certainly not against it. Um, we'll see. But I don't have the most faith that Clark Schmidt, A, will get the spot in the first place, and then, B, make those adjustments to make him more of a dominant starter. But it's not bad. It's not Honestly, it's not the worst thing in a, in a basketball league. My personal projection... Would not be worse than a five for five, four or five ERA. I'm so sorry if he does get the spot, but I don't think he will. I think it's going to be Dimmer Hermans. Um, but that's it. That's it. Just for this update at the end of the podcast. Thanks so much for everybody listening to these. Really, Uh but that's it. So my name is Nick Pollock. I may mean, your be below and your strikeouts high.